you, EBO? He is the Missouri State Auditor, Scott Fitzpatrick. There's been an audit of a Southeast Missouri Ambulance Service, and he is here to talk about it. Hi, Scott. Scott, can you hear me? Please tell me this isn't going to be a thing. Scott? Scott, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. I hate the phone lines in Southeast Missouri, I'm telling you. Oh, drive me crazy. Okay, Scott, um, which Missouri Ambulance Service are we talking about here? Naylor Neelyville, the uh, Naylor Neelyville Ambulance District. Uh, we completed an audit uh, of them when they are, uh, they obviously serve Butler and Ripley, uh, Ripley counties. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the uh, ambulance service that uh, we've released the audit of. Okay. And everything looking good for you? So, you know, we, when we issue audits, we give a rating. Uh, and the rating is either excellent, good, fair, or poor. And in this case, the neighbor Neelyville Ambulance District received the lowest rating possible, which is a poor. Uh, and the reason for that is that the former district director, uh, Brad Davis, misappropriated or, and or stole about $250,000 uh, from the district. Uh, and it appears that he falsified board meeting minutes in an effort to mislead our auditors and to cover his tracks. Uh, and that's that's really the, the top line of the of the audit is about a quarter million dollars was stolen from the Naylor Neely Ivanovich district by the former director of the uh, district. And we're going with allegedly because every day in court. But you know when when you look at that that's a lot of money for a really small area. Uh, it is. It, uh, I mean, when you talk about, uh, I mean, it's a very rural ambulance district, uh, and uh, you know, it. You know, when you t- talk about a quarter million dollars of taxpayer funds that they've been paying into this district, so that they have a reliable ambulance service being stolen, that's an incredible breach of public trust, and uh, you know, it's something that you know, absolutely cannot be tolerated. And so, um, you know, we think it's important to bring this information to light and to work with local law enforcement to ensure that. Uh, justice is served in this case well i don't mean to implicate anybody else but you'd think someone else might have noticed this yes and that's another uh, thing that's highlighted in the audit is that the uh, the ambulance district board uh you know basically didn't have uh, appropriate oversight in place they didn't have internal controls in place the ambulance district was essentially allowed uh, essentially allowed the director brad davis to have unfettered access to all the money that the district had that he was then able to use uh, for his own personal gain uh, to pay you know, himself, uh, his wife, and his mother, uh, who were also involved in the uh, in the district and received improper payments. Uh, and and so you know that is a it's a really bad deal because there were multiple people uh, in the district that were related. Uh, there was a conflict of interest because of those relationships because uh, his wife. Yeah, he was the district director. His wife was serving as the billing clerk, uh, and his mother was the board secretary. So between the three of them, you know, they were they had a you know, a, you know, an apparent conflict of interest by virtue of being related, and the three of them together were in the position of um, essentially having unfettered access to all the money that the district had. So, um, you know, that's that's really you know when you have those situations where you have people that are related. Uh, that you know, you can have the appearance of there being internal controls, when in reality, 
uh, because of those conflicts of interest, there, there weren't. This kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Now, I don't know how they did it or how they went about doing it, but in, a, in an area of that size, again, a very small rural area, that's a lot of hard-earned taxpayer dollars. I, I am floored by that. It is. I mean, he, he paid himself. There were, there were about 290 payments that he made to either himself, his wife, or his mother. Um, and, you know, he paid himself for, you know, severance. He paid himself duplicate payments, gave himself advances, uh, paid bonus payments, which are a violation of the Constitution of the state of Missouri. You can't give bonus payments to public employees. Uh, and, you know, they were, they were essentially, um, you know, just stealing this money. 290 payments. He, he received $173,000. Uh, his wife received $55,000 and his mother uh, received or was paid uh, almost $21,000. And so it's, uh, you know, it was, it was allowed to go on uh, for a significant period of time. And this is why you do audits. It is. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, this is one of the, you know, one of the important things. I mean, this, this kind of thing can only happen uh, in the case where, uh, in terms of an audit, we're only allowed to audit um, political subdivisions like ambulance districts, road districts, fire districts, if we receive a uh, petition signed by a number of people that live in that district or if we're invited in by the governing body. And, you know, the, the reality is if, if there isn't a turnover in the board, um you know, and, and there are people that are participating in fraud in an ongoing manner, it's unlikely that we would ever get an invitation from the governing body to come in to the political subdivision to do the audit. And in that case, we would be required to, if we thought there was fraud taking place, we'd be required to ask citizens to go gather signatures. And so we have a piece of legislation this year that we're asking the legislature to consider and pass one bill filed in the House, one in the Senate that would allow us to, upon the conduct, conducting an investigation into into fraud or mismanagement of a political subdivision, if we determine that that uh, allegation was credible, that we would be allowed to make our own decision to conduct an audit as opposed to having to rely on the, uh, you know, the political subdivision to invite us in or to force the citizens to go gather signatures. So what happened in this case? Did somebody new come in and say, I smell skunk? Uh, there was a uh, there was a turnover in the board, and uh, the citizens uh, essentially uh, had a problem with it. I, I you know honestly I have to go back and look and rec- recall if this was a citizen uh, signature uh, initiated audit or if it was the board uh, initiated audit. Either way, was, I mean that's a lot was, of money. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those two ways. That's how we were able to get in. Uh, but there are cases where we get. Uh, you know, where we get uh, complaints and the people who are being complained about are still in power and they're not interested in being audited. And uh, the citizens have jobs and they don't have time to go gather the signatures. Mm -hmm. So the audit that you did for this district of the Naylor-Neelyville Ambulance District, what was the time frame from when to when? Do you remember? Uh, Yeah, the uh, audit... Yeah, you know, the, the improper payments took place from uh, 2017 to 2020. So it was over, uh, or actually, it was it was actually from 2017 to 2023. There were uh, there was one category that was uh, within that 2017 to 2020, which was the payments to uh, his wife and his mother, and then the improper payments to himself actually spanned a total of six years, uh, 
uh, from 2017 to 2023. So that was the uh, you know the period that was looked at for the uh, for the audit. So that that's a lengthy amount of time. So the payments weren't audacious. Apparently, they were they were were they little sums of money to go unnoticed, or were they just like big old fat checks? Uh, there were smaller payments. I mean, it was it was a total of you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars spread out over two hundred ninety payments. So okay. you know that gives me an idea of over that period of six years, two hundred ninety payments were made improperly that totaled two hundred fifty thousand okay. dollars. So little yeah, it, was, it wasn't like he walked in one day and wrote himself a quarter million dollar check. This <laughs> yeah. was <sighs> yeah, this was a, a long running uh, scheme where I think you know I mean in one in one case and in, in an interview with our office. If, you know, when we asked him if he was willing to repay the payments that were improper and that were unsupported, he, his response was unsupported doesn't mean undeserved. So he felt like he deserved this money, even though it was not, um, you know, they weren't legal payments. And so, you know, he essentially showed no, uh, no remorse for having done what he did. Well, and the oversight appears to have been non-existent. So has it been charged? No, the the audit just was released, and so um, you know the, the, that that is the point at which uh, it can be uh, used by the local prosecutor uh, and law enforcement to decide what the next steps are. And I mean, in a case like this, where a quarter million dollars is at issue, it would be uh, unusual for uh, there to not be a prosecution. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we'll continue to work, and I mean, our our staff will be available uh, to participate you know, in, in whatever way is necessary for the local prosecutor, law enforcement to, to complete, you know, that, that effort. But, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll continue to work with them on that. Okay. So, you know, it's, um, it's shocking, but everyone's innocent until proven guilty. So the word alleged needs to be tossed around here a little bit more just, you know, to keep us off of the the rolls of people saying you can't say that um but this this was the findings of the audit these are the facts found in the audit that are on paper that are part of a report that people can check you'll and if they decide to indict then you'll go from there but you also found that the district didn't prepare budgets or financial statements correctly right uh, correct. Yeah, the uh, no, they didn't prepare budgets or file financial statements at the auditor's office for at least five years, from 2018 to 2022. And uh, the statute actually requires a five. This is not something where there's discretion. There's state law that requires a $500 per day penalty for political subdivisions that haven't filed uh, their financial statements as required by law. Uh, so the district currently owes nine hundred and three thousand dollars in fines to the Oof. state for failing to uh, failing to file those financial statements. Oh, that's a gun pu- gut punch right there too. So this is just a mess. It is. It's a disaster. It 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 really is. I feel I feel terrible for the taxpayers there, and of course everyone innocent till till proven guilty. Um, this is this is shocking, and this is new information. That's being put out there for everyone to see. What kind of reaction are you getting? Well, you're the first person I've talked to about this since making it public. You know, we have to keep these uh, we have to keep these uh, audits, uh, you know, under wraps until they're officially released. And so, we don't have conversations uh, with outside parties about it until it is officially released. And you're the first person that we've talked to about it. So, uh, you're, you're I have a sample size of one to gauge the. Uh, 
you know, the reaction. It's huge. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to throw up because I feel so badly for the people who allegedly lost all their tax money to somebody who just doesn't even care that that it was it was done in such a way. Um, uh, I don't know how you do it, man. I'd be I'd be so mad. I'd be pounded on stuff. But it you, this is just one audit. I mean, you've done other audits. You're working on um, audits of other places, other counties, other. Pla- I mean. I see your reports all the time, and most of the time the audits come back good or fair. I mean, they come back okay, right? Most audits are good. Sure. I mean, they're normally findings, and, and the reality is, yeah, I mean, you, you don't often see situations like this where such a large amount of money had been pilfered from taxpayers. You do see, you know, where there are lacks of internal controls that create an environment where this could happen in other political subdivisions, but it's not as often that you see it that it did happen. And if it, and if it did, certainly not to the scale that was seen in uh, the Naylor Neelyville Ambulance District. So you're, you're right. I mean, the, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and the, it is. And the and the the other thing is that the smaller the the governmental entity is that is being audited, the more likely it is there's going to be problems because you have. Oftentimes, um, people that are related to one another that are running the district, which creates a conflict of interest. Uh, of interest, you have uh, in other cases so few people involved with running the district. I mean, these board positions are unpaid; they're you know a commitment of time by by citizens, and and they oftentimes you know if somebody is on the board, they will essentially delegate those responsibilities of you know what they should be doing as a member of the board to the people they hire to run the district. And when you have those things happen, when you have one person that's responsible for receiving money, for reconciling the bank statements, for making payments, that's when you have the greatest opportunity for money to be stolen. My goodness. So how do people go see your audit of this place so they can see the see what you found themselves? Sure. You can go to auditor.mo.gov and click on the, at the top of the webpage there, there's a link to all of our audit reports. Click on that, and it'll be right at the top of the list as it's our, uh, I think, most released, uh, recently released audit. And uh, then you can read the audit for yourself. There's also a citizen summary, which boils down the audit into one to two pages uh, that people can read much quicker if they don't want to read the entire report, which oftentimes can be you know, 40 to 50 pages. So that's the opportunity you have to, to do it on a, on a condensed timeline. Yeah. You've got another audit coming out of Holland, correct? Uh, the city of Holland wa- was already released. That was released uh, last year. Okay. Uh, and that, that was that was one where was about, I think, yeah, I think about $65,000 was, was stolen. If I, and I believe, uh, you know, I don't want to mix up my audits here, but I believe in that case there was a, uh, a woman that was acting as the, basically acting as the the mayor, because the board of aldermen essentially ceased to exist, and there were no elections, and so this individual who had been functioning in the role of city manager uh, just ended up basically the only person running the city, and you know stole about sixty five thousand uh, dollars, and if I remember right, that was from utility deposits maybe that that were coming into the city that were being diverted to personal bank accounts. My goodness, and I know there was one in Dunklin County as well, where about one hundred sixty grand went missing. So, without audits, I mean, everybody's just, are 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 the taxpayers just 
kind of out of luck on this money? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be the case that law enforcement can conduct their own investigation, but, it, you know, these audits are very time-consuming to do. Uh, law enforcement have other issues to deal with, like domestic issues and homicides and things like that. And right. So the law enforcement uh, entities or agencies really prefer when we can go in and do our audit work and, you know, come out with a report that they can then use as part of putting their case together. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a lot easier on the prosecutors as well when they have an audit report prepared by the state auditor's office that highlights, you know, this, you know, the, the wrongdoing that has taken place. And so um, the reality is, yes, without our audits, it's much more difficult for law enforcement to do their job and to get these things to prosecution. Well, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to be the first one to get this out and on the air. I, I am literally shocked at what I heard. I had no idea it was going to be this bad. Um, but thank you for what you do, and hopefully there will be justice for the people of that area through the court systems, and hopefully they'll get some some of the money back and and have some healing to happen. But I know one thing for sure, they, they learned real quick that you have to have some oversight. Absolutely. And we hope that they get some restitution as well, and we'll do everything we can working with law enforcement and the prosecutors to see that that happens. Amazing. All right. He is your Missouri State Auditor, Scott Fitzpatrick, finding a giant problem at the Naylor-Neelyville Ambulance District. Thank you for what you do, sir, and I'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks. Uh Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.